Hello, and thank you for tuning into Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, Mum to Amandine, now a toddler, and our new addition, Elwood, born this May. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, toddler, and now as a mum of two, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. If you have listened from the very beginning of Mum Talk, you will know it was love at first sight when I met the products created by the midwives at My Expert Midwife. When pregnant with Amandine and Elwood, not a day went by where I didn't use my favourite product, Fantastic Skin Elastic. I feel incredibly honoured to be working with My Expert Midwife, a brand that has truly supported me physically through both of my pregnancies. Recovery after childbirth can be challenging, both emotionally and physically. My Expert Midwife have created a recovery duo designed to soothe bruising, swelling and soreness of the perineum after birth. This includes Spritz for Bits, which provides instant relief to the perineum. You will have heard me raving about this after my first pregnancy, plus the new Soak for Bits, a must-have to add to those first few baths after your baby is born to aid recovery and soothe aching muscles. I could go on and on and rave about every single product I have tried. I know how important it is to have confidence and trust that what you are putting on your skin is 100% safe for pregnancy and baby. For me, using My Expert Midwife products gave me that trust and confidence. My Expert Midwife not only develop incredible products, they provide midwife expertise for pregnancy, birth and becoming a new mum. To find out more on how to prepare and recover from childbirth, visit My Expert Midwife at www.myexpertmidwife.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 10 Episode 2 and this week I am coming to you from France. So on the podcast today I'm going to share with you our trip to France because it's a little bit different in COVID times and it's a little bit different with two babies or two children. Um, I am also going to be answering all of your questions and covering where we're at with Elwood's progression um, and also a little bit about Amandine. So I hope you enjoy listening in today. It is <laughs> it's become apparent that it is way harder to find the time to record podcasts with two kids. So I honestly thought that it would be really similar to Amandine where, you know, she'd just go down for her nap or I'd encourage her to go down for her nap and then I'd record the podcast. But getting Amandine down for her nap and then trying to make sure that Elwood naps at the same time or if there's someone around to look after him, which there never is. Hendrik right now is napping as well. Amandine is napping. I have attached Elwood to me in the Ergo Baby because Hendrik's mum doesn't seem to want to look after Elwood as much as I was really hoping. I was really hoping that she would take him off my hands a little bit more, but um, she hasn't been, which is totally fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, but it's just, uh, it's not as, let's say, relaxing as I thought. I remember one of my friends saying to me, um, it's the same shit in a different place when you go on holiday. And it really is, it is exactly the same stuff. I mean, Hendrik is doing, he is amazing. He's been doing 
so much with Amandine, literally everything with for Amandine. He gets her up in the morning, he um, feeds her breakfast in the morning, he literally does everything, so I just have to focus on Elwood. And I haven't had to ask him, but, you know, he is literally obsessed with Amandine, so I think he loves it. But on the other side of things, it's made me feel really disconnected from Amandine, um, because I don't get to do you know, I'm not waking up, I'm not getting her up. Well, I am waking up, but I'm not getting her up and out of bed. I'm not feeding her breakfast. I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm very much just in the background with her, which really sucks. And I'm actually finding mentally quite challenging. I just feel really disconnected from her. And, you know, if it was the other way around, I'm sure I'd find it sucky too, because she'd be demanding me every five minutes where, you know, she asked for papa, she asked for papa this, papa that, papa this, and it's never mama. And I know that, you know, I'm needed elsewhere. I'm needed with Elwood right now. Um, but it still sucks. And I hope some of you guys can relate because it's really, it's really challenging. And I underestimated that side of the challenge. Um, I didn't think it would be quite this upsetting, I guess, to see... It's weird, isn't it? Because it's upsetting on one hand because my bond, I feel, is breaking. But it's also wonderful because I'm seeing Hendrik and Amandine's bond just growing and growing and growing, which is lovely. And things will change, you know, when he goes back to work and I guess it'll level out again and I'll probably be on the podcast complaining that it's all on me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm needed with Elwood right now, which is apparent. So Amandine's been amazing. She absolutely adores it out here um, in France. There's, It's really beautiful. It's kind of a, a house basically in the middle of a field. So there's just all of the space for her to run around and enjoy. And Hendrik surprised her. This probably seems really ridiculous and I'm yet to share it on Instagram, but I will in case any of you guys like the look of it too. It's very extravagant. Um, it was a massive treat for her. I think both Hendrik and I were panicking about the journey over here and we just needed something to help encourage her to be good, essentially. Actually, she didn't need any encouragement whatsoever, but um, Hendrik bought her a mini electric car, essentially. So it's like a mini Jeep Wrangler. Um, or no, it's not a Wrangler. It's a Jeep Rubicon, I think. Um, and it's orange and it's electric. She can drive it herself. So it's very cool. Um, there's just an accelerator and when you lift your foot off the accelerator, it just stops. Um, but it has a radio station. It has, um, lights. It's very cool. I'll share it on Instagram so you can see, but Hendrik bought it for her. Um, and she just loves it. And because the house is where it is in this huge field, it wouldn't work anywhere. It wouldn't work at our house in England because we don't have a big enough garden. But she can just drive it round and drive it round. It goes really fast for a toddler. Um, she just drives it around everywhere. It also comes with a remote, which has like an emergency stop on it, and you can drive it for them. So if they're not enjoying the driving bit, we didn't actually think Amaldine would enjoy the driving bit, but she got it straight away, and she literally can just drive herself around now. Um, she hasn't crashed into anything, touch wood, although I bet you she will now. Um, but if you want to drive them around or, you know, you're watching them and they're about to hit your car or whatever, you can just change direction. It's very cool. Um, I will, I'll share it. I'll share it so you can see what I'm talking about. But that has definitely given her something to do every day so far. Um, and she is really, really 
enjoying being out here. Her French has gone next level because obviously she's speaking French to Gromy and Gobby, which is grandma and grandpa, and Hendrik as well. And she's hearing lots of French, um, French TV, French radio, French music, just everyone speaking French. So it has gone next level and it's lovely. She still speaks to me very much in English and she's began to really imitate us. So if Elwood's crying, she'll run upstairs and she'll start saying, I'm here, Elwood, I'm here, I'm always here, Amandine's here, I love you, Elwood. It's just so cute, which is basically what I say all the time and what Hendrik says all the time, but just in French. So it's very, very sweet. Um, Okay, so Elwood, um, how have you been doing? You're fine. He's sleeping. Oh, he's sleeping so well. I feel so incredibly lucky. Almost one of those points where I feel too lucky to share, uh, which I know I discussed on the podcast too, but I know you, you, you guys know that I woke up literally every hour and a half, two hours for months and months and months and months with Amandine. So it's just lovely to have the opposite with Elwood. So Elwood, even out here, his final feeds 10, 10, well, 10.30-ish, uh, French time. And then, so we've converted over to French time. And then he'll sleep all the way through until about 6 o'clock. Um, last night he woke at 4, but I just patted him, settled him down, and he went straight back to sleep again, so I didn't feed him. Um, it wasn't kind of a hungry cry. I think it was just I've been disturbed cry, which is probably my fault, I forgot, or I thought the mosquito net for the cot was out here, but it apparently isn't because I can't find it anywhere, so I think I must have taken it home with me for some ridiculous reason and left it at home. So before we left the UK, we bought a mosquito net, a really big mosquito net that hangs from the ceiling for Amandine's bed out here, um, thinking she'd use it, because you can't put mosquito repellent on babies under six months old, literally nothing. You you just can't, even the softest, most natural ones, you can't, it just says not to. And I'm sure that's because of any allergic reaction or whatever. Um, and I know there are bracelets and all that kind of stuff you can get, but I was not organised enough. And I also thought that I would put his mosquito net over the top of his cot at night and it would be fine, but it's not. So anyway, Amandine Amandine's room is tiny so we can pretty much see if there are any mosquitoes around and she sleeps with her door closed and also she's in her pyjamas, her full pyjamas and we put just a little dab of mosquito repellent just kind of on her neck um, and on her ankles for when she's sleeping and we decided that we'd put the mosquito net in my room and then Elwood would sleep on the bed with me in the double bed because Hendrik's in a different room and we just thought that would be easier. So I do feel massively like a princess with my mosquito net, which is ridiculous. Although saying that, my legs are covered in mosquito bites and they are so itchy, so itchy. Last year when we were here, it was dry. It was super dry. It was like 32 degrees. The grass was literally um, not grass anymore. It was just fried. But this time around, it's a lot wetter. The grass is green. It's um, not dry. It's a lot cooler and it's uh, not as dry. I'm a lot, I'm really pleased that it's a lot cooler uh, because I think that would be quite tricky with Elwood, but 
it does mean there are a lot more mosquitoes around, so we do have to be a bit more careful. So I've also bought with you, bought with me. Lots of you asked, kind of what I was dressing Elwood in for the mosquitoes. I bought a couple of great pairs of kind of linen-y trousers, just from Zara, I think they were. They're huge for him. They're three to six months. They're really long um, and really wide. But that actually is a bonus because it does mean that when he's in the carrier, and I, I'm sure you guys know, but when you put the carrier on, the kind of trousers shorten in length by a few inches. Um, it means that they cover his feet. So that's really great. And then I've just been putting him in long sleeve t-shirts. It hasn't really been that hot yet. So it's hot at night. It's really muggy at night um, and hot at night, but not so much in the day because there's quite a strong breeze. Um, so yeah, I just put him in a long sleeve t-shirt or uh, a thin vest and then a thin jumper type thing over the top. So luckily, again, touch wood, Elwood hasn't had a mosquito bite yet which is great, but I am just waiting for it. The first night we arrived, actually, because it was mega late, it was three o'clock in the morning, we didn't put the mosquito up, net up. Um, so I just literally sprayed a couple of muslins with mosquito repellent, the kind of baby one that you can use after six months, so it's not too strong. Um, put it on some muslins and then just popped the muslins on the bed just next to him in the hope that that would at least discourage the mosquitoes. Now, I don't know if it works or not, but it seemed to have that night because neither of us had any mosquito bites. Um, so <laughs> that's what I'm kind of doing with the mosquito situation. But otherwise, he's doing so well. So he's sleeping well, he's feeding really well. He feeds in the day every two hours. Literally, you could set an alarm for it every two hours on the dot is when he feeds through the day and then yeah his last he feeds probably a little bit more in the evening so between I would say between seven and ten he's kind of on and off feeding all the time but I try and stop him from doing that by about nine nine thirty because otherwise he's then too full for to get a decent feed before bed and I do find that if he's on and off, on and off, on and off, all the way till 10, he then just basically won't be feeding and then he'll wake up, I don't know, three o'clock-ish because he's hungry. Because he just, his last proper feed was probably eight o'clock, seven o'clock. Um, so let's move on to the journey. Um, oh, that's the other thing I was going to share with you, actually. Um, I went to see the doctor just before we left to get Elwood checked out because he had like quite a large leg spasm one evening um, and apparently he'd done it earlier in the day as well with Hendrik and we just weren't sure if it was you know an immature neurological system is that is that the right word <laughs> I think that's the right word nervous system even neurological and nervous system or if it was something else. Anyway, because we were going away, I just wanted to get him checked over. So the doctors were amazing and they saw me the same day with Elwood because, of course, he hasn't had his eight-week checks. His eight-week checks are actually going to be at 12 weeks. So they wanted just to check and, and, and meet him and, you know, just, just check before we went away. He, she couldn't see anything untoward. And actually, it hasn't happened again since. So I'm just hopeful that he was either really tired um, and just had a bit of a spasm or maybe got some kind of cramp 
or something like that. I've no idea. It didn't seem to upset him at all. Um, and that's apparently what they look out for is if they startle and then they're really, really upset by it, um, then that apparently is some kind of sign or or you want to be looking out for that essentially. But isn't it funny how just we literally question everything that's even remotely out of the norm with babies I find myself doing that all the time. Is that normal? Is that normal? Oh, that's a different cry. That's a different cry. I'm I'm getting to grips with his different cries now. And I've heard the... There's the sleep cry, of course. There's the hungry cry. And then there's this other cry, which is quite, quite disturbing. It's quite... It's definitely like an I'm in pain cry or I'm really uncomfortable cry. It's more like a squeak. It's really horrible. And it just makes me panic every time. What have I done? Or what's wrong? Or where's he hurting? Or um, And of course, they can't tell you. So it's really difficult. Um, really hard. Okay, before I keep waffling, I'm going to move on to the journey. So we left um, home at 10 o'clock in the morning. We got to the ferry by 11. It's only an hour from us, the ferry, which is brilliant. We then had to, we drove straight into the passport check-in kiosk place um, where we handed over our forms, negative COVID tests, all that kind of stuff. So COVID test wise, I know I had loads of questions about COVID tests. So we got our tests sent to our house uh, a couple of weeks before through Randox. And actually, if you go on the EasyJet website there, because we originally had flights through EasyJet to um, fly to France, they all got cancelled. Um, there's a uh, discount code which gives you, I think, 5% off every pack of tests or something like that. But every little helps, right? With Randox. And I'm really, really impressed with Randox. I would recommend them. Um, their time scales are all correct with us. So, um, yeah, highly recommend. So, we ordered our tests. So, we ordered our uh, PCR test, at home PCR test, uh, which you have to do 72 um, hours before. And then, or within, sorry, within 72 hours before you travel. And then we ordered our day two and our day eight tests altogether. Um, they're a lot. Of, <laughs> they're a lot of money. I think it was three, just under three hundred pounds, something like that. Um, but Randox, I would say there are some ridiculously expensive ones out there. So make sure you do shop around. But I would highly recommend Randox. Um, I have heard heard of some really awful ones where you just don't get your test results in time, but we did. We got our test results well within the window that they say they're going to give you. So Randox, um, if you drop them at a Randox specific drop box, they get to the lab by the next day um, and then you get your results by midnight that same day. So it's basically after you've done your test, if you make the cut off before your drop box gets taken you will get your results before midnight the next day essentially um so we did those we got our results it was negative I was stressing the whole day refreshing my email the whole day waiting for these results because I just had such a bad feeling but thankfully my gut was not correct this time around um 
yeah, so we left. We got to the ferry check-in. We gave the lady all of our uh, forms. So we checked on the government website, the French government website, before we came away as to what forms we needed. We needed a sworn declaration that we would get our tests out here. And we also needed, um, I think it's essentially a passenger trace form, something like that. Um, I can't even remember what they were now, but two forms and the COVID test and our passports went straight through. Um, you then go through like a security tunnel. That was a bit of a pain in the butt because Elwood was a little bit miffed. It was kind of feeding time. Amandine was hungry. So we were kind of not set up yet to get on the ferry. We still had a point where we had to drive through yet. I was kind of running backwards and forwards, changing Elwood's nappy in the boots, getting Amandine a sandwich, then feeding Elwood then panicking that we're going to get called to go through security check anyway luckily they didn't stop us going through security so they were checking a lot of people going through security I don't know whether it's because they saw I had a crying baby and they just took pity or whether they just didn't want to check us but essentially they waved us straight through security so we didn't need to have our open up our boot or anything like that and then we got in the queue for the ferry now, bear in mind, this ferry is um, a huge, huge ferry. It's their bigger ferry that they were running so they could um, take the cargo as well, the trade lorries and stuff. I would say there were maximum 50 cars. And I think the ferry takes something like 400 cars, something like that, plus cargo. So, yeah, huge ferry of which... Um, not even a quarter of one of the floors that take the cars was full. So it was literally like a ghost ship walking around. We could pretty much walk the full length of the ferry on a floor and not see a soul, um, which was lovely from one hand because we didn't really have to worry about close contact with COVID. We didn't have to worry about it being really busy. Um, so for a first ferry journey to kind of get our bearings with the kids, it was lovely. Um, but also really sad because, you know, I can't under I can't see how the ferry companies are, are even remotely breaking even with um, with the lack of passengers. So, yeah. And also, you know, the, the lack of people being able to come over and enjoy the country and travel. And um, anyway, we, of course, are allowed into France because um, Hendrik is essentially a citizen. He is French. So, and I'm allowed to go because I'm his wife and the kids can go because they're his kids. So that's why we're allowed to go. And I know that there'll be some of you thinking, oh, you've just gone away on a holiday. That's not particularly responsible. We really did need to come. Hendrik's father isn't very well, as I mentioned on the last podcast. And it's been a year um, since we've last seen his parents. Um, and I think mentally for Hendrik as well, for his mental health, he needed to see his parents. Um, if, if his parents weren't out here, I 100% wouldn't have come away on holiday. Um, for Hendrik, this is really just coming home. It's not essentially a holiday for me. Yeah, it is like a holiday. It's lovely. Although I do do all the cooking still. Um, and <laughs> the saying goes, it's the same shit in a different location with kids. Um, but it is very, all the COVID testing and stuff kind of takes the excitement away a little bit. 
You may remember Leslie Gilchrist, CEO and Clinical Director of My Expert Midwife, joining me on the podcast in Series 9. Leslie shared an incredible amount of knowledge. The midwives at My Expert Midwife have created some easy checklists and guides to help you through your pregnancy and birth journey. From perineal massage, pain relief, to preparing your hospital bag and prioritising your recovery. They have a fantastic expert advice section on www.myexpertmidwife.com. Do go and have a look. They will most likely answer a lot of those pressing questions that you need expertly covered. We are now so incredibly lucky to have direct access to the wonderful team at My Expert Midwife. This year, they launched antenatal classes, which are 100% midwife-led. If you are pregnant and planning for birth, whether you're a first-time mum or having your second or third baby, these are for you. They are evidence-based, preparing you and your partner for the realities of childbirth, replacing the anxiety of the unknown with the excitement and anticipation, helping you to enjoy the journey. Visit www.myexpertmidwife.com to learn more. Anyway, back to the journey. So, we drove, once we were all settled in the line for the ferry, we kind of got comfortable. I got Elwood out, let him stretch around in the boot. We were very aware that we had a very long car journey the other end, so I just wanted him to be nice and stretched out. And then um, and we, we had lunch in the car. I had prepped a picnic. I'd got a really great box, a last very last-minute purchase, but a great box from... Uh, Sainsbury's which essentially had all these different compartments in so I put her lunch and her dinner all in this one box um, with sandwich and some blueberries and yogurt and a quinoa salad and some puff pastry cheese and tomato rolls Um, so it was really easy to get to whatever she wanted and then we had some baby bells for snacks we had some slightly less healthy things like mini cheddars and mikados which are like those um uh chocolate covered biscuit stick things um which she loves and what else did we have I did some like a little flask of grapes and apple and peanut butter and what else did I do what else did I do? Oh, hummus with, oh no, cream cheese dip, not hummus, cream cheese dip with carrots and cucumber and pepper slices. And she literally almost demolished all of her snacks before we'd even got on the ferry. Anyway, it was totally fine. We had said to her on this car journey, unlimited snacks and unlimited iPad, because we knew if we just said that, then there wouldn't be any whining for it um because we know when she hasn't has had enough and she knows when she's had enough and she'll stop it and she won't want to watch anything else and um you know she's pretty good like that so anyway we were called for the ferry um on time literally about 20 minutes before departure um and they got everyone on board before departure we departed on time it was amazing because I think there were just so few people and I guess they have to do quite a lot of disinfecting before um between passengers coming on and passengers getting off and all that kind of stuff um So once we were on the ferry, we went straight to our cabin. So we took a cabin because we wanted to try and do nap time um, because we realised that they wouldn't sleep a huge amount in the car probably. Somehow we managed to get Amandine down for a nap. So there was this brilliant bunk bed situation where this bed came out of the roof in our cabin. It was very 
very cool. Amandine decided she wanted to sleep up there for her nap, so we did just let her, but she was just messing around up there. So eventually she asked to come down, and um, I put her in the bed next to me, and I stroked her back for about 10 minutes, and within that time she was asleep. Hendrik, on the other hand, had been trying to sleep whilst Amandine had been mucking about, and kind of missed his sleep window, which is really funny, because that's normally what I say for Elwood, but Hendrik's so the same. If he misses that kind of first drop-off moment of wanting to go to sleep, then he's done. So he was then like an excited little boy, walking around the cabin, peering out the window, looking at Amandine, waiting for her to wake up, coming over to me, whispering in my ear funny things. He was literally like an excited little boy. It was actually really lovely to see because I hadn't seen him like that in a really long time. Then Amandine woke up and we had a little snack and then we went to explore the ferry. We went upstairs. It was super windy, so she wasn't that happy about that. And then we had a little walk around the ship, um, which lasted, I would say, probably 45 minutes of just being out and about. Then we went back to the cabin, watched um, a little bit of TV, so watched um, Room on the Broom, those classics, and the Gruffalo, and had our dinner. And then that was it. We were France side. So we were only on the ferry for five and a half hours. But by the time we'd kind of got her down for her nap, she'd had an hour's nap um, and we'd been exploring. That time had already fizzled away. So it really didn't seem like long at all. And I would 100% do it again. I found it so stress free. We had organised the car in a way in that we had one suitcase. We then had a bag, a small bag, which had everything for the first night in France, so all our white noise machines, the kids' sleep bags, all that kind of stuff, a change of clothes for us, our pyjamas, our bath bags. We had that in the car, and then we just had a bag for the ferry and our food bag. Um, So in the bag for the ferry, all I took was, it was essentially the changing bag. Took a spare pair of clothes, just in case, for both of them. Nappies, hand sanitizer, muslin all that kind of stuff, deodorant for Hendrik, spare t-shirt, all that kind of stuff, um, moisturiser for Hendrik, (laughs) all that kind of stuff, um, and then uh, our food bag, which just had our snacks and our waters and our dinner and, yeah, easy. Then we got called back down to go, um, get in our car and we waited, I would probably say, um, 15 minutes to get through French passport control, where again we had to show all of our forms, our negative COVID tests, our passports, give our reason for going into France, and then we were on our way. And we drove for about an hour, and then we stopped, and I fed in the most random place. We filled up with fuel so we wouldn't quite make it all the way. We um, brushed Amandine's teeth, Amandine had a run around outside. She was already in her PJs, we changed her into her PJs. Um, in the ferry, on the ferry, and I fed Elwood, Hendrik and I both went for a pee, and then I drove, and I'm pretty sure this was the first time I'd driven in France, I think, but anyway, it was totally fine, Hendrik, I don't think would agree with it being totally fine, but I thought it was totally fine, some crazy people out on the roads in France, I tell you, um, crazy, crazy drivers, and it went really well. I think we drove for about another two hours, probably. And then we did the fastest ever changeover because 
everyone was asleep <laughs> um, and we didn't want to wake the kids so we literally jumped out of the car and changed over after we went through the toll and they have these great little places where you can just park up and then we had to stop again and do another feed so we did have to do another feed but it was six and a half hours in total with the stops which actually was really fine um how did the kids do so Amandine to start with watched a good bit of iPad and I would say she was asleep or trying to go to sleep by about quarter to half past nine quarter to ten something like that um Elwood kind of slept on and off through the whole journey he didn't obviously have the luxury of me rocking him to sleep or patting him to sleep or feeding him to sleep so he didn't drift off as easily as he usually does um, and that was really really difficult because of course we were trying to shush Elwood to sleep not wake up Amandine and then it was it was quite a challenging juggle but Amandine coped really well when she did get woken up she was a bit confused she was she would cry just a teeny tiny little bit but it was more almost more like I'm going to copy Elwood because he's crying and he's getting attention so I want attention to kind of cry um, which was absolutely fine and it's what we had expected but Hendrik and I dropped all expectations for the journey um which really helped because I just didn't have any ideas of how this was going to go and it exceeded my expectations. I mean, both of them were brilliant. Obviously, 20 minutes before we actually arrived at three o'clock in the morning or half past two, they were both fast asleep. <laughs> but then when we had to transfer, Amandine went down really well um, in the bedroom here. We weren't sure if she'd remember it, but I think she did. Her favourite teddy was here. She went straight straight down and slept all the way through until um the morning until about half past eight nine o'clock so that was brilliant Elwood did exactly the same um and what did I and I slept too <laughs> yeah I slept too and Hendrik slept really well so it was great the journey was I would definitely do it again I did find it less stressful than flying definitely because I think it's harder in the airport if you're delayed to be trying to keep the kids from losing it essentially you're in the comfort of your own car luckily we have a very comfy car we have a huge boot which the kids can or Amaldine can essentially play in and move around in so if we were delayed at all it was just easy to be there and I felt really safe because we were of course in our own little bubble so COVID wise I felt really really safe which was lovely um when we flew last year and of course COVID was around last year I didn't feel particularly safe I didn't feel particularly brilliant um so it was nice being in our own little bubble right and then that was essentially it and whilst we've been here in France we've just been taking everything super super slow just enjoying the warmth, enjoying the sunshine and just connecting with the grandparents, which has been really, really lovely. So let me answer some of your questions. Um, here we go. Not a question, just wanted to say what absolute troopers for surviving the journey. Not an easy feat. Thank you so much. That's really sweet of you to say, but I feel like we got off really easy. <laughs> I have no idea how the journey back will go. The journey back is, again, a day ferry, but it's an afternoon ferry. And, oh no, sorry, sorry, that's wrong. It's a morning ferry. So we're going to be driving 
in the afternoon and then we're going to stay the night um, up in Roscoff and then we will be getting the ferry in the morning which is nice it has us home by lunchtime so again home for naps hopefully um wow super mom that's so sweet what did a have to keep her entertained so basically the ipad with her favorite programs on we also took her timio which is like an interactive um thing that essentially has discs on it and you tap it's there's no screen which is really really nice and really refreshing but it basically gives you stories and it's a learning um I, I can't think of the word, but it's essentially a learning piece of equipment. <laughs> I really can't think of the word, where which is interactive and it has these um, placards that go on and then it has like lots of different fruits and it tells you the name in fruits and you can change the language on it. Have a Google. It's called Timio, T-I-M-I-O. Uh, what else did she have? Um, that was pretty much it because, you know, most of the car journey was nap time um yeah did you have to have covid test to travel yes we did um which i have explained previously and we have to have them to come back as well so we have to have um one out here after seven days then we have to have another um just before we go and then um we have to do our day two and our day eight when we get home and of course we have to isolate unless France goes on the green list whilst we're out here and then we don't. But who knows if that'll happen or not. What essentials did you pack in the boot versus what will you buy when you get there or rent? So we don't rent anything when we're here. We're very lucky that we have a bunch of stuff here from Amandine. It is of course Hendrik's parents' house so we can leave stuff. It's not a hotel or anything. So we are lucky in that way. So we have a cot out here, not that Elwood's using it because silly me forgot the mosquito net. Um... We also have a buggy out here. So all we had in the boot, literally all we had was a suitcase, um, Amandine's potty, the buggy board for the buggy out here, because of course we didn't need one, so I bought a second-hand um, Lascal buddy board, buggy board, which we'll leave out here as well. Um, we had Hendrick's wetsuit, we had our food bag. I always, in the boot of the car, have a little box with a changing mat, nappies, wipes bum cream and a change of clothes so when I change Elwood's nappy in the boot or in the car I can just grab it out of there it's easier than having to rummage around in the changing bag and get everything I need and that's all we took um so like I mentioned earlier we had a bag for our first night um so we did just had to grab that we didn't have to grab our full suitcase and then a separate bag for the ferry so it was super easy. I took the Ergo Baby baby carrier. Um, we didn't take the small buggy for travel for the ferry. We didn't actually need it. I'm pleased we didn't, didn't take it in the end because it just would have been one extra thing. I also bought my beach parasol for beach days um, so we didn't have to buy one out here. But in hindsight, we could have bought one out here and left it here, which we probably will do in the future. Um... First longer trip with E, how old was he? Have a glamping trip soon, but anxious about it. Uh, with a newborn. So Elwood is only seven weeks old. So he was seven weeks on the day that we travelled out here. We Our first travel with Amandine out here was when she was nine weeks. So we're doing it a few weeks earlier with Elwood. And he was an absolute pro. Um... I wouldn't worry, just drop all expectations for your first trip 
and just roll with it. Give them everything they need whenever they want it and um, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be totally fine. I'm expecting baby number two. Curious if you were nervous rehaving enough love for them both. Yes, absolutely, 100%. 100%. But it's not really a it's not really a question that you ever ask yourself when they're here. You just do have enough love for them both. Your love just it's just there. Um, I've never once questioned myself uh, whether I can love them both. I mean, Amandine's my firstborn. I don't know if that. I don't know. I guess I haven't given it a huge amount of thought because the love is just there for them both. It's just not something that I. I don't think, oh my gosh, I love Amandine more than Elwood or Elwood more than Amandine. It's just, it's just there. It's just there. I don't think you need to question it too much. It will be there and it is just there. Uh, how was yours and H's levels of stress? Any tips to stay zen while little ones are getting restless in the back? So Hendrik didn't cope very well with this. When Elwood was getting a bit teary in the back, he never went kind of apocalyptic next level. He just got a tiny bit teary. Um, Hendrik was stressing because he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. I don't want to stop. I, poor thing. He must be so confused what's going on. Whereas, you know, I was thinking, this is fine. He hasn't gone apocalyptic. He's just trying to go to sleep. That's all those little cries are. Um, <laughs> so I think I kept pretty calm, actually, because in a way I just think, well, you know what it is, what it is. We're traveling for six hours, six, six and a half, seven hours in the car it's not going to be easy, it's going to be a challenge, and it is what it is. Um, but again, I'm very lucky, they managed super, super well. Had it been different, which it may well be on the way back, so bear with me, I might be able to give you a completely different story on the way back. <laughs> uh, what ferry company did you use uh, with a cabin? P.S. Your children are so blooming cute. Oh, you're very sweet. Thank you. Uh, we went with Brittany Ferries. Uh, we went from Plymouth to Roscoff. Um, it's an eight-hour ferry on the way back, I think, but they have so many cabins. My recommendation would be make sure you get a cabin with an external window so you can see the sea. The cabins that are internal, they are a lot more affordable, but they are not so pleasant. We walked past them and they, if you get seasick at all or motion sickness at all, I highly recommend against it. Um, even though we had a window and even though it was basically, the sea was basically flat calm to look at, the ship still rocks and rolls and Hendrik was still chewing ginger like nobody's business. Um, so I don't get seasick but I still had a bit of like a motion related headache and Hendrik, same as well, but he did feel a bit nauseous. But having that huge window to look out to sea, especially with kids, is, I would say, worth all of the money because you can look at other ships passing by, you can look at seagulls, you can pretend to look for fish in the sea. Um, and also having that cabin was amazing because it just gave us that a space to relax, to sit on the bed, to eat our food. Yes, there's places where you can eat on board, of course there are, but it's expensive and it was just one extra cost that we didn't need to do and also I'd rather make the food for the kids or for, for Amandine um, and for us as well. So I would highly recommend getting a cabin because it just gives you that time to chill out 
and the play areas that were on the boats and they were all closed of course because of covid so i think if we had to kill five and a half hours just sitting around on the boat without a cabin it would have been really 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 challenging but you know having the cabin we had four balls where amandine could do whatever she wanted she could run around we didn't have to look after her every five minutes i could feed elwood knowing that amandine was safe and not going to run off somewhere um so yeah highly recommend a cabin Anyway, that is all your questions. Um, I have covered all of your other questions within the podcast. So thank you so much for sending them in. Next week, I will be coming at you from France as well. So I will put a little question box as always for any questions that you want answered on the podcast. And let me know what you guys want to know. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a moment, please take a minute to rate and review. I really, really appreciate it. It does help, especially with new series coming out. It helps other mums, other parents to find the podcast and feel supported by our community. Lots and lots of love to you all. Stay in touch over at Mum Talk Podcast Instagram page and I will catch up with you guys next week. Lots of love. Bye. Even the second time round, I didn't really know what to pack in my hospital bag. I knew what not to pack, but there is always a worry that you will have forgotten something you yearn after in labour. Luckily for us, the midwives at My Expert Midwife have curated a hospital bag set with all their essentials, including the brilliant Spritz for Bits, which I can personally recommend. It certainly saved my delicate parts post-birth. Soak for Bits, No Harm, Nipple Balm, Spritz for Labour and labor rollable designed to help calm and focus as our little gift to you my expert midwife have kindly given me an exclusive code to share with you for 10% discount across all products head to www.myexpertmidwife.com and use mumtalk10 at checkout and get that hospital bag packed don't forget to get your birth partner to pack it for you so they know where everything is i made that error first time round